construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Yes, indeed. This is the Flagstick Podcast brought to you by Ping Golf Canada. If you're looking to improve your game, then you need to check out the entire family of G425 drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, and irons at ca.ping.com. I am your host, Jeff Botter, publisher, founder, guy with flagstick, flagstick.com. Chief, <laughs> chief cook and bottle washer. Chief cook and bottle washer. And then with me, as always, on my uh, on my right-hand side, my left-hand side, right beside me is my uh, good friend and uh, Scott McLeod. How are there you? There he is. Tip of the hat to you. I don't have one today. I got the, I got the crusty gel hair because I had to go to my... I need my a haircut kids assembly so bad. What's you that? Tell. I need a haircut so bad. You cannot tell. You need a haircut? Are you oh, looking yeah. at the mop on my melon right now? Oh, yeah, that is. Uh, <laughs> you got it covered up well, I'll tell you I that. Do, I do. I know that. how to disguise these things. <laughs> I had to go to my, my kids' assembly at school today for they they both made their school honor roll and got Very some nice. awards. So nice. I had to go and dress up somewhat so i didn't had to go and like... see what that looked like for uh, yeah people i haven't been in one i haven't been in a school in a long time um <laughs> for any kind of awards or yeah. assemblies or anything like that and it was as they always are <laughs> yeah they it's, haven't changed too much i've been a school I've been assembly of, i've been in a bunch of late for uh school sports and uh, while it's different it's it's kind of nice for sure i hear you well um what's going on scott like uh it's been <laughs> fall <laughs> i know it, it's uh it's kind of weird though it's kind of that fall cold in the morning cold at night but we've gotten some some really decent warm sunny yeah. day although it's it's uh coming down sideways outside right now as uh, as we're recording this but uh um it's uh it's gonna be a wet one i don't think there'll be a whole lot of golf going on today and the leaves are getting no. wet which is going to make it impossible to clean yeah. them yeah, and I think I think it's that transition time. I mean, uh, I'm barely watching you know much golf on TV. I watched a little bit, like <laughs> like literally five minutes of the Zozo Championship from Japan last night. But you know, it's kind of getting that that transition time where we're starting to wrap up outdoors, start to think about indoors, which obviously we're going to get to and talk about uh, about yes. today. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's just a weird time of year because, you know, tournaments are wrapping up. We've still mm-hmm. got a few different things that are going on. So, you know, the news, uh, sort of cycle sort of slows down a little bit as far as tournaments and tournament play, which that obviously changed my attention for sure. Um, but you know, obviously looking at, you know, deeper stories, equipment stuff, a lot of things coming out right now, we're getting first looks at lots of products, first tests, some things we can talk about, some things we can't, um, <laughs> the embargo, gotta the love embargo. the embargo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, getting down to, I think the last few rounds of the year, I think I'm counting it down. I think I have three legitimate games left. Uh, we're going to play next week. Yes. Uh, uh it's, hopefully, I was going to ask you about that. Cause I, I didn't, are, are we golfing? So we are uh, golfing. We are s- scheduled to play golf. Okay. The, the weather right now looks horrendous it looks like a high of seven with rain i'm not playing golf in the rain man i'm not i'm (laughs) not playing golf in the rain so we'll talk we'll talk i'll give you the details off air we don't need to get into that no uh, no no yes we are scheduled to play some golf all right well that's uh yeah see how that that should be that should be good well that'll be my that'll be my last official round of the year then if we play that because i and i'm not playing before then so 
who knows what that's going to look like. That's okay. be a whole think, lot of heap of trouble. I think it a lot. Could be I think ugly. A, yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, especially in you know in Canada and the north uh, northeastern U.S., are kind of in that same boat right now. You know, they're counting down the rounds, and you know, you sort of push yourself through it. That's the other yeah. thing. You know, you you get you you know that the season is getting short, and you're like, man, I got to get these rounds in. Um, but the other side of it, you're, you know, you're maybe you're tired or not as excited to go play or whatever, but you know, you just have to remember pretty soon we'll be complaining about the snow and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll regret <laughs> not playing those rounds. We complain about cleaning it, not having to be out in it. Right. True. Good point. It's the only thing I don't like about snow is having to clean it. Yeah. Um, exactly. okay. That said, um, great show lined up this week. Uh, we, uh, as you kind of alluded to, we are going to, um, we're going to talk a little bit about off-season golf, some yeah. of the things associated with off-season golf, training, indoor golf simulators, lessons, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we're going to take a look at the, take a look at some shoes, uh, perfect for this time of year in product watch this week. And, yeah. um, uh, of course, uh, Kevin, Kevin and Jake Hamer, uh, are going to be, uh, coming at us in the back nine to talk about to, well, to help you find your proper balance and, and weight flow uh, with a simple drill. Um, you know, all these little simple drills and stuff. I mean, they all add up. So that's why we bring them every week, uh, every episode of the podcast, we bring these little tips so you can kind of archive them, go back to them, work at them. Hopefully they help you uh, fix something in your golf game that maybe you uh, didn't think you could fix. Um, but um, we can't get there yet uh, we have to uh, we have to get to the front nine and in the front nine of course is presented by metcalf uh, golf club and natural setting a pleasant challenge uh looking for fun golf at a great rate say 15 percent when you prepay uh visit metcalfgolf.com to book also check out their uh website for any of their fall specials membership uh, specials and stuff that are coming up obviously we're getting into that time of the year where those things start to appear I uh, mm-hmm. can't list them all in a quick little blurb, but uh, hit metcalfgolf.com and check it out. Um, okay, front nine, Scott. I guess I guess let's uh, let's start it off by talking about the uh, the Ottawa PGA, uh, the PGA of Ottawa Zone Awards. Uh, these yeah. happen every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are awarded at the annual um, uh, buying show, BPG buying show. Um, this year at the marshes, I think pretty much always out at the marshes uh, lately. Uh, but uh, the award starts off with basically a large nomination process. And I happen right. to be on the uh, um, the selection committee, I guess you'll call it, not the nomination committee, but the selection committee for the award. So once the nominations are all in, there's a list that's sent out to everybody that uh, is on the selection committee. And we, we vote. We sort of rank them. And then from that rankings, a top three in each category is created. And mm-hmm. then once the top three is ca- created, then we re-vote on the top three and we order them, you know, one to three. And, uh, and then my job is done as is everybody else on the selection committee's job done. Um, and those, uh, selections were made and yep. the winners were announced and we have them actually up on flagstick.com last night because everything was announced and awarded last night. And our, our good buddy, old pal, Joe McLean, um, Flagstick Joe was on site doing pictures and representing. He was, uh, but uh, but we got some winners. So let's uh, let's give up the winners so that we get that uh, get that out there to everybody. 
Yeah, so uh, we'll start with uh, Teacher of the Year, and that was a repeat. Uh, our good buddy Derek McDonald picked up the uh, the repeat win there, so second year in a row, and he's a previous winner of the uh, Junior uh, Leader of the Year, so he's out of the Royal Ottawa. Uh, the Kevin Haim Junior Leader of the Year this year was uh, Kristen McLaren out of the Cataraqui Golf and Country Club. Very nice. Uh, Manu- yeah, manufacturers rep of the year, uh, Andrew Andre Boris, who we just uh, well I saw recently, yeah, uh, at the Ping Challenge Cup. So uh, he's away in Scotland, so unfortunately he was not there to attend. Uh, retail of the year went to Caroline Baxter down at Archie's in Cornwall. Uh, executive pro Chris Barber picked it up for the second for year in a row down the landings, uh, golf and teaching center down in Kingston, and the Harold Blackman Apprentice Professional of the Year. Now here's an interesting thing. There was a big sweep by the Ottawa Hunt and Golf Club. They won three awards, or they had three members win awards. The Harold Blackman Apprentice Professional of the Year went to Ben Lockhart, uh, who is at the Ottawa Hunt Club, who was nominated last year and got the win this year. Class A Professional of the Year went to Tara McEnroy, who was at the Ottawa Hunt as well. Um, and then the Bud Malloy Club Professional of the Year went to Mark Peterson. So those were the general awards. And then the big uh, other award given out last night was a Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, which went to Daryl Buchanan. Bucky. Nice, Bucky. Uh, a lot of people know him from his affiliation with the Meadows Golf and Country Club in yeah. Ottawa for last Since day years. one. Since day Since one. Day one. Day, and day one meant, you know, we're talking helping build the place. Yeah, like, we're talking literally. no golf course day one. We're talking, I mean, I First, was, I I had numerous meetings with him and and uh, uh, Michelle de Champlain and, and Michelle's father at the yep. time when they were going through the whole process, designed the logo for the Meadows uh, way back then, you know, scorecards. And yeah. that course wasn't even built when we were going through that and Bucky was yep. there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good for him. He's retiring there uh, from there after 27 years, uh, 38 years with the PGA of Canada and 42 years in the golf business. Started all the way at Manderley uh, back in the day and worked his way through the industry, uh, worked at some great clubs. Um, Yeah. So a big deal for him. And, you know, he was very emotional in his speech. And, you know, we have uh, we have parts of uh, some of the quotes from him up at the website. Uh, We also have a copy of his speech as well, which we may post there as well. But uh, congratulations to all the winners and uh, especially to Bucky as well for that Lifetime Achievement Award. It's not an award that's given every year by the zone. No, uh, but certainly it's one that's important to recognize the the, uh, members that have, you know, contributed uh, for a long time uh, to the zone. And, you know, as you know, he's just a, he's just a staple in the community as far yeah. as uh, oh, the no golf question. community. So great, great to see and very happy for him for sure. We got to get Bucky on the show. Yeah, for sure. I yes. mean, he's, yeah. he would be, he would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> an awesome be. interview on this show. It would be great. It could be funny. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Quite funny. Um, cool. All right. Um, so golf Ontario, um, had their the super camp yeah it's going uh, on so right tell, now. tell us a little bit because this is this is a kind of a, a unique little cool thing that they do yeah it's the third year that it's happened uh basically what they do is golf ontario conducts a tour championship which is basically uh you know there's all sorts of uh small junior tours around the province and they're all part of the ontario junior golf pathway and, and golfers uh, earn points from there and they qualify for the tour championship uh, but while the the week of the tour championship is going on, 
which is a 54 hole event. They also have what they call a super camp, which is more of an identification camp to find out, you know, who are the kids that are performing quite well? Who are the ones that basically have the potential to maybe move on to uh, golf Ontario team programs. And eventually, you know, who knows be part of the uh, golf Canada programs as well. So uh, they go through two days of testing protocols. They go through rules, seminars, uh, you know, mental skills they uh, game management all sorts of different things as part of this camp um, just get the same type of assessment they would in a team Canada camp gives them sort of that experience sort of makes them feel a little bit more big league for sure oh, absolutely and uh, and then obviously so they're conducting it uh, this year it's down in uh, at the ambassador golf club uh, down in Windsor and uh, we've had a number of uh, players from Eastern Ontario that that have managed to go down there and well and, and be part of that they've qualified to be part of the camp and to be part of the tour championship cool awesome uh, yeah um, I can drop a few names yeah let's drop I mean, some names let's get yeah the names so out there. you know because it's good for these kids to get recognition I mean some of these kids uh, are well known for maybe their uh, you know their play at a provincial level already uh, but some of the other ones are up and comers and have performed well with the OBGA or on the play junior golf tour uh, some of the players from Eastern Ontario that uh, qualified were Avery Nordman Spencer Cranley Sophie Folds Chase Jerome uh, Bodie Steven uh, Carly Mayer uh, Max Corcoran, Ben Sheridan, Graydon Lachlan, and Isaiah Ibbett. So uh, a good representation there from Eastern Ontario. And uh, yeah, hopefully they have a very successful or they had a successful camp so far. And uh, the tour championship will wrap up at the end of the week and uh, we'll see who wins it uh, cool. on both sides. Cool. Yeah. Uh, World Junior Girls uh, uh, Championship. Mm -hmm. um, what, yeah, what, what do we know about that? Yeah, it's back. Uh, it's been, uh, they've had a couple of years off with that event, which originally was a, uh, a Golf Ontario initiative and, and now, uh, and Golf Canada is involved as well. Um, and that's uh, being played at the Angus Glen Golf Club in Markham uh, this week. And you know what, uh, Canada's, it's great because Canada gets two teams in this mm -hmm. and success has varied over the years. I mean, some years it's, they've done well, some years they haven't. You got to remember this event has been held three times in Ottawa as well, twice at the Marshes and once at Camelot. Uh, some of the great players that have gone on to success of the LPJ tour have played in this event. Uh, and this year already the uh, team Canada one and team Canada two are contending. So nice. again, by the end of this podcast, uh, you know, at the end of the week, uh, we'll yes. be able to give you the results next week of how they've done, but um off to a fast start at Angus Glen. Uh, six great representatives uh, for Canada there. Five of the six are from British Columbia. Uh, Angela Aurora from BC was tied for the lead after the first round at uh, 68. Um, but yeah, great, great play there already. And nice to see that event uh, return. As I said, um, you know, 18 teams, 17 different countries represented, and uh, certainly a showcase for some players that have gone on to LPGA success and LET success um for every great story um uh, you know happy story that we talk about on this podcast uh, a lot of warm fuzzies that go on on this show we did we tend not yeah. to get too much into the negative we tend not to get too much into the sad um however um we do have a you know sort of a sad announcement uh, yeah to make it's uh we've had this up on flagstick.com for a while now but i think it's fitting that we sort of uh, throw it out there on this podcast as well uh margaret masters uh passed away 
Yeah, Margaret Masters, I don't think uh, a lot of people are as familiar with her as they should be. Um, you know, she didn't spend a lot of time in Canada. Uh, she's originally from Australia, but she was inducted in the Ottawa Valley Golf Hall of Fame last year. Um, and and for people, you know, definitely Google her or have her look on her website. We have her story that's up there. Um, she was actually a member of the Ottawa uh, Hunt and Golf Club. Uh, won the 64 uh, Canadian Women's Amateur, was the LPGA Rookie of the Year in 1965, and then also had a win on the LPGA Tour. And most people in Canada have no idea uh, who she was or, um, you know, her success and the fact that, you know, there was an LPGA player affiliated with the yeah. you know, Ottawa Hunt and Golf Club prior to prior to Brooke Henderson. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, she uh, passed away at her home in uh, in Arizona. Uh, had suffered a, a stroke, I believe, uh, recently, and then, uh, yeah, just unfortunately passed away. But uh, thankfully, uh, you know, Joe brought that story to light a little bit more in the last little while. And and as I said, we've got news, uh, you know, uh, her story up on the on the website if you want to go back and, and find out more about her. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, it's uh, people like Margaret that that uh, we talk so much about the those that are very. Um, in the forefront, um, mm. you know, in popularity is, you know, as far, especially when it comes to, you know, on the women's golf side, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't know her story as well. We don't, we're not aware of what she's accomplished because there's so much focus on some of the other, rightfully so on some of the other women that have paved yeah. the way, but then there's somebody like Margaret that paved the way as well mm. that yeah. we don't talk about as much. And, you know, very sad uh, thoughts and prayers go out to, uh, to her family uh, you know, at this time, but, uh, yeah, the full story is up on flagstick.com for anyone who wants to read it. And yeah, definitely Google her name. You'll find out a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, you know, I think historically there's, there's not enough emphasis on those things. Um, I think these stories take a lot of work to develop and find out and to do research. And generally the narrative, a lot of days in, in media these days is, quick and what happened 10 yeah. seconds ago and and yeah. you know people are not really trained or don't have the time or not given the time as journalists to go and investigate stories um, because maybe the resources are not available for them but they're important stories they shape what happens these days you know and you know it's it's her legacy that leads the way for players like Brooke Henderson, who, you know, came back last week to, uh, you know, to the now is now an 12 time LPGA winner, but, but came back, uh, you know, to near her home in, in uh, Smith Falls uh, last week and went back to her own elementary school for a special event. <laughs> nice to go back to your elementary school when you're Brooke Henderson. <laughs> for sure. And I mean, I'm not so cool sure I'm rushing back to mine anytime no, no, soon. No, no, no. But... Yeah, but I mean, the cool part for her is that one of her schoolmates at uh, Chimo Elementary School was also made it to the Olympics last year. So it's not like they're short on great athletes there at Chimo, but obviously she's an exceptional athlete. And uh, basically she went back and did a clinic for about 50 kids there. Uh, it was supported by one of her sponsors, Skechers. They had some swag and stuff for the kids. They had a chance to, you know, kind of go up and putt with Brooke and, and so forth. And she, you know, obviously the kids, the, probably the teachers were probably more delighted than the kids. I mean, the kids would <laughs> no know doubt. who she is, but I'm sure the teachers know more. And then, uh, uh, the nice part as well, the school announced that they were going to be naming their gymnasium after her, which, you know, Brooke was a great athlete involved in lots of different sports and uh, certainly was honored uh, by this um, gesture by her former school that she loved so much.
That is very cool. That is very cool. Um, some other notes before we uh, before we get out and and head to break. Um, yeah. Brooke is also on the topic of Brooke Henderson. She's competing in the uh, Aramico uh, series in in New York. Yeah, um, it's a week. ladies ladies European tour event. Actually, so the LPGA is off, so they have a special event with seventy eight players um in new york so that's kind of weird it's a ladies european tour event but it's happening in new york so they get yeah. world ranking points for that no wow oh, yes they I'm do sorry. yes they uh, do they, there's rolex points for that one <laughs> um the there's speaking of limited field events the zozo <laughs> championship yeah the zozo championships taking place in japan right now and both Corey connors and uh, Mackenzie hughes are are playing yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's Adam's... an honor to be in that that field as yeah. well. It is a limited field event, but it's an honor to actually be invited uh, to uh, uh, to participate in that yeah. tournament. Uh, and I found out subsequently Adam Svensson already got also got in and was playing. They did, but they all didn't get off to a great start. But uh, again, fun fun event to watch uh, in Japan, and uh, the players are loving it too. Uh, last time when they played there, they had a little bit more uh, restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're able to travel around and, and do a few more things, see the country and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, Max has been playing very well of late. Uh, obviously got a win a couple of weeks ago. So uh, good to see those guys in that field. All right. Uh, before we head out, um, we've talked about this. And, and, and as you know, this is a good lead into to what we're going to talk about in the back nine with uh, offseason. Um, unfortunately... Discussions of off-season golf and uh, and talking about indoor golf and simulators and stuff does tend to kind of lead towards a conversation about courses starting to close. Yeah, uh, and we do have some courses that have um, that have started to announce some of those closing dates. Um, and you got a few of those closing dates. Dave. Well, actually, I don't have a lot of those oh, okay. closing dates. So, uh, but yeah, I've, I've seen a few postings uh, online. Uh, just co- a couple courses indicating that uh, you know, kind of Halloween will kind of be their last uh, date. Uh, some, most of them are very flexible. <laughs> yeah, I know. Most of them are very flexible. They're basically just saying, you know what? Um, you know, we'll, some of them will say, how? Let's see how the weather goes. Others are restricted as well, based on staffing. Um, yeah, which has been a big issue all year long to begin yeah, with, let alone yeah. this time of year. Yeah, definitely. So, and, and others as well have projects that are underway. So, you know, look for that as well. Some of the golf courses will might be shut down a little bit early just because they're, you know, getting to work on new tee boxes or irrigation or drainage, just trying to get it in, in the, uh, the sort of the gap between players getting done on the golf course and maybe the snow hitting as well. But uh, I think people should just, yeah, just pay attention to your, to your local course. I'm sure your favorite golf course, you are already probably following them on social or yeah. whatever, and, and they'll probably indicate you know kind of when they're closing but uh i would say you know we're gonna see a great number in the next three to four weeks um, well and there's so much that they have to do to put the courses to bed for the year i mean i mean yes there are some golf courses that don't that do a lot less than others uh to put the courses to bed and whether that's from a staffing of budgetary reasons or the you know even the type of grass that they have on their greens and tee decks and whatnot but um there is a fair bit of work involved Mm -hmm. and they they have to stick to uh relative uh, timeline for for making that happen yeah you're seeing the last bit of uh, aerations taking place uh you know blowing out irrigation systems all sorts of different things so it does take time so people just have to you know be, be understanding and be understanding the fact that you know they they don't just, it's october uh, 
yeah they don't, they don't just uh you know lock the door and, and close it there's a lot more work to be done than that if you want your golf course to be looking good uh in the springtime so uh you know don't go don't give golf courses trouble if all of a sudden they announce that they're they're closing for the year good lord okay um we got to get out we got to yep. take a quick break pay some bills but uh when we come back uh we're gonna head out to the lesson tee talked with uh see what kevin and jake have uh little simple drill, little tip that they have for us. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some golf shoes, and we're going to talk off-season golf. So uh, stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. At Ping, we're an engineering company. Success is measured in the lab and on your scorecard. We focus on results. Your results. In the G425 Max driver, that means more time in the fairway, less time in the rough. It means longer drives, shorter approach shots, and fewer putts. The new G425 drivers, taking MOI to the max. Get fit today. Visit ca.ping.com to learn more about G425. All right, welcome back to the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff and Scott, or Scott and Jeff, however you want to put it. Um, yeah, we got to head out to the Lesson T. Yep. And... Uh, talk with uh kevin and jay came and they're going to talk to us about uh um flow <laughs> call it flow flow the flow flow wait and, and we're not talking about their hair no no because no definitely not uh talking about joke. weight flow uh and uh they got a, a little simple little drill yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's take a let's take a hit out to. Well, you know what? First of all, let me just say the lesson T is brought to you as always by the Kevin Haim Golf School. Uh, it's always the right time to play better. Whether you need private lessons, a better short game, some putting help, or even custom club fitting, visit kevinheim.com and remember that better golf is a lot more fun. All right, now let's head to the lesson T with Kevin and Jake. Let's do it. Okay, golfers. Another quick tip here. We've got Jake in sock feet. Jake actually hits balls in sock feet, works on motion a little bit. What are you looking for there, Jake? I do this all the time because I'm working on the footwork in my golf swing and my body motion, making sure my weight flows properly in my golf swing. Yeah, your body's your engine, your arms are your levers, your wrists are your hinges. If the engine works properly, the weight flows from back foot to front foot, you're going to be a better player. Tell me what you're looking for there. So when I turn my body back, I want the weight to flow to the inside of my trail leg more specifically into the heel of my trail leg. And then as I shift my weight forward to my target, it'll go into my front foot. And then I rotate through the golf ball to a finish and the weight will flow to the heel of my lead foot. I love that, it's fascinating. So many people, I'll stop them and say, where's your weight right now? And they can't answer. Kick those shoes off, hit some balls in socks and you'll probably be a better golfer. All right, well, sometimes when I read the headlines for these, uh, these tips and don't watch them intently ahead of time <laughs> they, they catch me a little off guard as to okay well what the heck is this actually going to be about yeah all right now in this case this is one i'm look at i'm being transparent here this is one that i did not watch before I uh did. before we did the <laughs> podcast and uh, so i had no idea what we were talking about we were getting into flow but yeah. uh but you did I did. And, yeah. Uh, so you can talk about now that I've seen it now, I totally understand. I totally get yeah. it. But yeah, totally, totally supported. I mean, uh, the fact that uh, I mean, I've hit lots of golf balls 
uh, with no shoes on. Uh, I think it's a great way for students to kind of work and get a feel for the ground, feel the pressure movement in their feet and, and how it goes. And obviously, you know, they're explaining it there of just the process of, you know, take your, take your shoes off and go through the process and, and feel your pressure where you, where you feel it and, and uh, work your way through in the golf swing. You know what? The body is obviously uh, supported by, you know, our feet and the ground and the, the movement of that, that pressure movement uh, is super, super important in the golf swing. So being more aware of it is super important. And, you know, as they, they point out in their tip, you know, take those shoes off and uh, you'd be surprised just on, on a practice session of what you feel and how you feel it happening during the golf swing. And uh, just leads to a lot more, uh, you know, insight for yourself to be more aware of how things are, are moving and happening. So thanks to Kevin and Jake for that one. Yes, indeed. And we look forward to what they come up with for the next podcast. You got it. Uh, all right, Scott, you know what? It's time to jump into the back nine presented by Golf Sim Gurus. Work on your game all year round in the privacy of your own home. Custom golf simulators built uh, specific to your needs to fit your budget. Uh, visit golfsimgurus.ca to learn more. And uh, once again, I will stress that if this is something you want to do, yeah. you might want to get at it and make now. the call or <laughs> contact uh, Andy at Golf Sim Gurus and get it done because otherwise – you're going to be looking at next fall. Yeah. So yeah. Get, get to it. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, right, you, don't so, want to, you don't want to be standing there in the middle of the winter going, man, I'd love a simulator. And they, sure. they tell you, well, sure, we can put one in next July. Yeah, it's, like a a pool. it's like a pool. It's like, yeah. you know, when, when do you, you don't, you get it done when you don't need it ahead of when you want it. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. should be booking your pool now too. <laughs> Right, just, exactly. Just, that a, just for the sake of argument, even though it's got nothing to do with this golf show, uh, you yeah. might want to be booking that new pool installation now if you want right. it by July next year. So, exactly. Um, anyway, <laughs> I digress. All right, talking Let's about pools on a golf show. Um, all right, so in, in along that line, yeah. um, how fitting uh, the sponsor this week? Um, mm -hmm. Off-season golf. Uh, mm. Lots of stuff to talk about with respect to off-season golf because it encompasses more than just um, going and playing, you know, a couple rounds of golf with your buddies in a league at the at, at this, you know, whatever the closest simulator indoor simulator right. places. There's this has been going on for forever as far as as far as i know hundreds of years you used to indoor... teach you used yeah. to teach lessons in in the the hitting net back at golfer's choice in kingston mm. when you and i first met you were teaching uh, lessons ago. people were, were booking time to come and hit balls we had that yeah. little swing mate thing that we used and mm -hmm. the massive putting green that we had on the other side uh, uh where the hitting nets were so this has been going on for a long time it's not new but a yeah. lot, of, a lot has changed over the years with respect to um, off-season golf. Um, so let's for, let's first of all let's talk about training. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we're not just talking about hitting balls. No, no, that, that's for sure. And I mean, you know, as you said, uh, historically, if you look back, you know, there was indoor training golf studios going back 115 years. If we look back, you know, people obviously were, you know in environments where they couldn't hit golf balls outside, uh, you know, uh, 12 months a year. So they looked for alternatives to work and train. And that has progressed a lot uh, over the years. And, um, you know, when I guess people define their indoor golf or off-season golf, they have to really start with what do they want to get out of it? 
some people want entertainment, as you mentioned, they just want to go and, you know, have a couple of rounds every now and then maybe play in a league or whatever. Uh, some people want to basically, you know, hit balls all winter. Some people want to work on certain aspects of their game. Uh, some people want to work one-on-one with a coach. And, you know, I guess that's where we sort of are, are jumping off point from a training, especially as I look at, you know, a lot of uh, golf coaches and stuff right now starting to do intakes uh, with students. Um we have to decide first off, where's the student at right now? So even for yourself, if you wanted to work on something uh, during the winter time, and maybe you already have something in mind, or you're going to work with a coach and a coach is going to define, hey, you should work on this uh, based on whatever you're doing. Uh, we want to start with an assessment uh, of some kind. And I mean, an assessment is basically going to give you, and we've got a, a, a little piece up on flagstick.com about assessments on there. Um, but if you go up and look at it, the whole idea is to start with something quantifiable. So we actually know where we're at. I mean, there's no sense in, in saying, Hey, I want to run a, uh, you know, a 10, five, 100 meters, uh, by the springtime, but you don't know where you're at right now. I mean, you could already be running a nine, a nine five or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You got to find out where you're at first. And it's no different than any other sport or activity. Uh, and there are, there are lots of ways to do that. And, uh, you know, there's lots of different tools and things that are out there right now, be it, uh, launch monitors, uh, other metrics, uh, other things that we look at from, uh, you know, physical assessments and, and so forth. But um, overall, I mean, that's the thing, set your baseline. And that's, and especially if you're looking to improve, you know, if you're not looking to improve, you're just looking to kind of enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. This is irrelevant as far as that conversation. We'll get to that as far as, you know, the rise of indoor golf and, and, and so forth. But I would say the biggest thing, just like any other sport or activity is, is start with an assessment. If you're looking to improve, over in the wintertime. That way you can actually, you know, you can set some objectives, you can set some goals, you can measure your progress and you can see if you actually make progress or you regress mm -hmm. by the springtime. Yeah. But if yeah. you, if, yeah, if you don't have, and, and, and that's the thing, people, people, if they don't know where they're at, like you ask them all the time and say, Hey, you know, how, how are you playing? Oh, I'm hitting my irons. Okay. Well, what's that mean? You know, are, it's pretty are, big. It is really vague and it's very difficult to hold yourself accountable. And that's the one thing that people will get away with sometimes. And, you know, you see it again, you know, you're involved with training with hockey, for an example. Um, you just see people, you know, being very vague because they won't be, they're not accountable. They can get away with it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I say, I want to sit there and go to work on something and maybe I want to work on my club head speed this winter. Okay. What's my baseline for my club head speed right now? you know, where am I at? Am I at 105? Okay. If I'm at 105, I know where to go from there. But if I just say, yo, I'm vaguely fast <laughs> and, you know, uh, and then you kind of work <laughs> away in the winter time and you're like, yeah, I think I got faster. Well, that doesn't really hold you accountable to anything and allows you to sort of get away with a lot of stuff. So, yeah. um, and the accountability is to yourself. It's not to the coach. I, I can tell you as a, as a coach and working with an athlete, yeah, I want to see them get better. But in the end, it's them that has to live with it. It's not me that has to live with it. It's my job to train them and get them better, but they have to hold themselves accountable. Uh, which, you know, is hard to do for some people. Sometimes they just don't want to do that. So um, yeah, that would be the biggest thing I'd say just to start 
from a training standpoint before you get to do anything. And that, that, that those assessments can be done outdoors before the season you yeah. know, kind of finishes, or um, they can be done indoors. And that can involve short game that can involve, um, you know, assessing your physical ability that can, and uh, that could be uh, certain baselines for certain other elements within your golf swing. You really have to work with the coach to customize that because again, there's no, just, there's just no cookie cutter, you know, no. assessment. There are, no. there are assessment tools that are universal, but they don't always necessarily apply to what you're trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. Cause every, every person is going to be more is unique when it comes to, I mean, as unique as a golf swing is um, how you go about um, improving or developing your skill set is going to be unique to you I, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a very good. And, and like I said, it's not, that part of off-season golf is not for mm. everybody. Uh, yeah. Not everybody's going to want to be working on their game. No, you know, throughout the season, some people are just interested in, you know, by hitting golf balls and playing, uh, yeah. you know, on simulators. They feel that that is, you know, essentially keeping their game sharp. Right, sharp. Uh, yeah, 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 you know. for sure. And and I would warn people too. One of the one of the big things is that, you know, a lot of people go into uh, an off season, and they somehow think of it as being like you know ten years long or something. It's yeah. not. So you don't have a lot of time. So really focus on well, I'll call it the big rocks. Lift your big rocks first, and then you can fill in the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But that's why the assessment is really important. You know, in working with a coach and determining what are your big things that you know, could help you gain the most in your golf game. And it might surprise you what they are, but a proper assessment can sort of expose that. And that'll allow you to focus on the things that you can, you can gain the most in a short period of time, because, you know, you're not going to tackle everything. It's just not going to happen. I mean, so someone saying, Hey, uh, we're going to do this and we're going to, uh, we're going to, you know, do an all around program and we're going to do it in, you know, 10 weeks and, and we're going to tackle this, 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 and this, you're probably not going to see much progress out of that. I'd, I'd rather see an athlete, you know, kind of jump on one particular thing. Um, and we've got the tools to kind of look at that now yeah. and we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit as far as some different things, but you know, it can be something as simple as a single flaw within your golf swing with, you know, flexion and extension in your, in your wrists that creates uh, an improper face angle. Um, it can take a long time to work on that, but you know, we have tools where we could measure that in 3d and a player could work on that. And that could be a big thing that they could work on over and over and over and develop those pieces over the winter time. So I would say first advice to people, don't try to tackle too much, you know, tackle the big things, identify the big things. Yes. Identify and, first. Yeah. yeah and, and focus on that. And that, that will actually, that'll actually make you less frustrated because I think people get frustrated because they try to tackle too much and they don't achieve anything. So if you can't get to reach any of your objectives to get to your goals, by the time you get done at the end of the year, you don't, or end of the off season, you don't feel you've done anything. So, so Scott, then what are, what are some of the things that, that an individual, I mean, you as a, as a PGA of Canada professional and as a teacher, um, yeah. I mean, I know what, what, what I look at. I mean, obviously, yes, this is a golf show. I'm a golf guy. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, but sure. it's, it's no surprise that I'm also pretty heavily involved in hockey as well and hockey training yeah. and development. Um, so from a golf perspective, what are some of the things that, that people can um, focus on some ideas to help them get better uh, over the off season, you know, aside from the, yep. the more elite 
players are the ones that are looking to really, really improve with assessments and coaching and stuff like that. What about the ones that yeah. don't have coaching? Uh, the ones that don't have coaching can work on, you know, certain particular skills that I would think are the most important things. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people will look at things like, you know, grip alignment, uh, posture, ball position. Those are preferences. They're, they're not, they're not mandatory things that you have to have a certain, I mean, we can do a lot of things to work around that, but things like the ability to strike the golf ball in the center of the club face. That's a, that's a skill that anybody can work on. I mean, you can work on that inside in your gym. Uh, you can work in your gym. You can work on that in your garage. You could work on if you've got a place to hit at home. Um, you could do it with a, a softball. You don't necessarily need a hard uh, golf ball to be able to do that. You could work on it with something as simple as uh, foot spray. You know, mm -hmm. a, a $7 can of foot spray, spraying it on the club face and working on your skill and your ability. Now, granted, it's it's helpful if a coach works with you to show you how you can probably achieve that better. But intuitively, we're really good at self-organizing. So if you work and find a way to get the ball off the center of the club face, where you're going to get maximum club speed, the club face is not going to twist as much. That's a basic skill that any player can yeah. work on and it's valuable no matter no matter if you're a 30 handicap or you're a plus seven handicap so that's a basic skill that they could work on um that would help improve the golf game a lot yeah okay uh fit, fitness obviously mm. is a is a is a big part of uh should be a big part of everybody's life yeah. um but you know in particularly if you're trying to you know you know, increase your club head speed or, mm -hmm. or, uh, improve your ability to get out of the rough, uh, yep. you know, hit your, hit, hit, hit your wedges higher, you know, hit the yep. ball higher. A lot of that does come from club head speed comes from ball striking comes mm -hmm. from strength. Yeah. Um, if you can improve your strength, then mm -hmm. you can essentially, uh, in, improve your club head speed at the same time, even though it's full body, you know, yeah. that creates club head speed, not just hands and arms. Strength comes not just from mm -hmm. your upper body. It comes from your lower body. So stronger lower body, stronger base, stronger core can yeah. help you increase club head speed as well. So fitness plays a big part, sure. not just in, you know, uh, in your health and, and well-being, but it also can play yeah. a big part in your golf swing. Yeah, for sure. And I think people need to look at fitness as um the ability for their body to function it's about functionality so speed will be a portion of that obviously the more speed that we have the better um, that we can make use of that especially to get out of things like rough and so forth but um, when people look at golf fitness or look at training their body in the off season they shouldn't always look at it going hey i have to get super super strong or super super fast it can be about functionality as well uh, and there's some great screens that are out there and i'll explain that in a second uh, if you work with the right professionals what they're going to do is they're going to take you through a series of tests to see how your body moves um there's ones obviously through the titles performance institute tpi there's other various uh, screens that are available as well it's about finding out how you function and and how you can create better movement patterns and also work your golf swing within those movement patterns. There's a lot of people sometimes if they go and they grab something online, they'll go, Oh, I'm going to do this. Well, maybe your body can't do that, you know? And it's not some, it's not just something from an age standpoint. It can be just from you're physically restricted from a certain movement and a certain movement pattern. Um, so, but again, 
identifying it is super, super important, then you can actually be focused on what you have to do, uh, especially within your fitness to, you know, create the mobility or create the strength around maybe your weaknesses, anything that you can to enhance your body. And, and that, again, becomes a big piece that it's good to work in the off season mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we don't want to be sitting there doing, you know, very heavy fitness routines and all of a sudden jumping out to the golf course where you need a lot of fine touch and, and doing different things and you can't feel your arms. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't work quite well. So again, you know, we'll go right back to that assessment aspect of it. Super, super important to go through some sort of assessment. And, you know, a lot of the golf pros now will work if they don't do things like TPI screenings themselves, they'll have other people that are affiliated with them that will provide those screenings, other medical professionals or, or uh, physical fitness, uh, you know, professionals that can do those screening for them. And that knowledge is super, super important to, again, to be focused on the right stuff that you need to work on. And as you mentioned, speed will be a big thing for a lot of people. That is uh, something a lot of people want to work on in the wintertime. Um, lots of tools, lots of ways to address that. But again, you know, where are you at now? You know, yeah, am, exactly. I, am I semi-fast? Semi we, go, we go right back to that. You got to set that baseline, determine where you're at and be able to build. I mean, you know, I work with uh, one person who's a, you know, a long driver. Well, she's always looking at where she's at and, you know, it's the next goal and the next goal and the next goal that's how you get better. You don't get there by going, I think I'm faster. I think I'm better. Okay. Yeah. Well, where are you at? And yeah. where, where's your, where's your next goal? Gotcha. Now we're uh, just, just to let people know, um, we have um, uh, Evan Bett, who is a, is a PG of uh, PG of Canada uh, professional as well. Yep. Uh, runs the swing fit, uh, swing fit golf Academy. Uh, Evan is one of our um, is one of our contributors to flagstick.com has been from a golf fitness perspective uh, mm -hmm. and golf instruction. Uh, we're going to have Evan on here uh, a little bit throughout the off season. Yeah. Uh, you know, sharing some of those uh, golf fitness, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, tidbits and so on with us, uh, some video and whatnot. If you happen to be watching it on YouTube, uh, there'll be some videos uh, instruction yep. on fitness. So we're going to, we're going to give you that aspect of it. Uh, in conjunction with some stuff with the lesson yeah. T as well, um, just to help you out with that. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, that long driver that I mentioned, actually, it's a, a that's a cooperative student with Evan. So Evan handles the fitness side of it. She lives in Ottawa. Um, he takes care of that. I take care of the technical aspect of the golf swing side of it or whatever. And it's a good marriage. She knows where she's at physically. I can take care of some other technical aspects and it works quite well. So uh, yeah, I look forward to just getting that insight from, from Evan. Um, you know, we're always learning from that yeah. aspect oh, of it. No question. Um, but yeah, you know, certainly when you're looking at your programs, if you're looking at doing things in the wintertime, however you go about doing that, uh, blending in the fitness and, and your body is the biggest tool to move the golf club. So you definitely have to look at that uh, as opposed to just technique of the club. You have to, you know, provide an engine with how your body moves. So you, you've got to be able to work on that as well. All right. So we've talked about coaching. Mm -hmm. We've talked about, um, you know, fitness and, and how we can improve. Um, let's talk about the facilities that we use to do this. Yeah, uh, because sure. how how much <laughs> this has changed over the years is just it's astronomical yeah. uh the changes the differences to the uh the golf facilities uh that are available at people's disposable dis disposable 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 <laughs> this isn't uh anyway um they aren't diapers okay let's go 
um, at people's disposal uh, throughout uh, these winter months that were colder months that we're going to uh, be entering soon. Um, but just how much of these facilities changed? I mean, I know, I know myself, you know, going back to those old days of where it was a hitting net. Yeah, that's what you sure. had. There was a net. That was, was a, a standard. Mat, that was that a standard was for decades, right? I mean, and then we had multiple hitting nets or yeah. large hitting cage and that, areas and with still multiple ex- And that decks. still exists. Well, exactly. That's my point right? is that those kinds of indoor facilities still exist, mm-hmm. but they have so much more. There's indoor mm-hmm. bunkers. They actually, mm-hmm. instead of just a, instead of just a plywood putting green with some holes in it, now you've actually got, um, you know, companies that, that install in you know these artificial surfaces for hitting they install them indoors obviously for people for for golf schools that are permanent golf academies chipping areas like this is Mm -hmm. this is like a huge deal now yeah well it's all about feedback and i I guess the biggest thing that was missing when people used to hit golf balls in the nets was you know all you know is where the golf ball is hitting in the cage and how it felt um, you know, from there, you know, we saw the evolution of obviously people would take pictures, they would take video of your golf swing, but you know, people wanted better experiences. Now, the only issue that came with, you know, adding things that from a feedback standpoint was cost mm-hmm. and it was super expensive or the very first, you know, golf simulators and things that came out in the, in the kind of the 1970s, which were, you know, fairly archaic. They were more, you know, rotating pitchers. Um, they gave you some sort of feedback and some sort of sense that you were playing golf in the winter time but you know uh, again it was expensive uh they weren't located uh, in a lot of places so they weren't easy to get to um and when i say expensive i mean not just for the consumer but for the operator as well so the biggest thing that's happened over the years is the the rise in you know technology it's just like computers obviously it gets cheaper and cheaper to get stronger and stronger uh technology but you know the rise in launch monitors and simulator systems and other tools that we can make use of i mean we look at something like our golf tip uh, you know today and talking about you know pressure movement in the feet i i can remember working on a uh, a pressure plate at york university in the late 1980s it was built into the ground this is for volleyball for jumping mm-hmm. um it cost $45,000 <laughs> Uh, the type of information that you got from it is exactly the same information that now you can get out of a $2,000 portable mat that, uh, you know, you can, you can find readily all over the place. So, you know, the technology has gotten better. The research has gotten better. So we've seen the proliferation now, especially, you know, especially when we had those couple years where we a lot of lockdowns were happening. Uh, a lot of people weren't going to open, uh, you know, golf centers, but a lot of people were at home, mm-hmm. right? So you couldn't buy a net. Good luck trying to buy one online. It was yeah. really hard to, but the people that did, we saw a lot of people going, man, you know what? I'm going to build a house or I'm going to adapt something in my house and I'm going to hit golf balls or I'm going to play. I mean, you can buy like a flight scope Mevo plus for, you know, $3,000 mm-hmm. uh, that has some simulator capacity to it. Yeah. Um, you can, you know, use other things just like a, you know, uh, a P PRGR kind of speed monitor for, again, for a few hundred dollars, just to check your club head speed. Um, anything that provides feedback is what people are looking for. And that helps them train because it gives them those, you know, those benchmarks that they can go back to and, and, you know, identify the progress. Now the point has come now that even from a, 
you know, 3D technology. Obviously, there's great systems like Gears that, you know, Kevin has for an example, but, you know, there are other systems now. We're even seeing apps, markerless uh, 3D stuff from like Sportbox AI that, you know, basically from video, it can create 3D and measure motion of your body. So the technology is getting cheaper and cheaper uh, and getting more accessible. Now, a lot of this will only be, you know, obviously used right now by coaches uh, more than general consumers, but it's, you know, these are the things you start to find when you go to these facilities. So now in Ottawa, for an example, we have many more indoor simulator oh places yeah. that are starting to open up. Many more golf courses are realizing that that's a, a viable way to enhance their business, to mm -hmm. be able to keep staff there in the wintertime, uh, to retain, you know, bar, food and beverage staff, to provide another service to the members. So, you know, if you look at Ottawa Hunt and Carleton and Camelot and Royal Ottawa, all these places all have, you know, indoor simulators now. Yeah, Renfrew, I just, I noticed just, yeah, uh, they, they put in one in, I yeah. think they're putting yeah. another one in, but they've got they one are. up and running now. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to see, you're going to see probably that become a more common experience to the point of, I think I've mentioned, you know, to a few people, I don't know if I mentioned to you, but, you know, there's facilities in, in some cold weather places now that, you know, are working their way towards having, you know, I know one in Iceland's got 16 Trackmans right now. 16. So, right. I mean, for their members, they have an all year round experience. And for some people, um, especially if you go to like countries like Korea, screen golf is what they call it there. Mm -hmm. It's more common and more accessible than actual golf courses themselves. Well, yeah, big time there. Because, right? it's, I mean, even driving ranges in, uh, in you know, in yeah, Korea, just parts, in, in parts China, of Asia yeah, are hard to get insane. to. Yeah, right. So the thing is, is that, um, the technology is getting better. So the simulations are better. The courses look better. I mean, I can walk into my garage now and go play Royal Ottawa or Royal Ottawa is done. <laughs> no, but, but that's, a, but that's just a prime example. You know, if the Royal Ottawa members want to play their golf course, it's yeah. been, it's been mapped and done with LIDAR and they have the whole virtual golf of that yeah. golf course and they can play it, um, which is, is amazing. So a lot more, access and we'll see more of them you know canadian uh, Stonebridge. we'll see more and more public facilities that will be starting to add these types of facilities let alone standalone ones like you know our, our buddy andy and his celtic golf down yeah. in kempo um you know the bunker in ottawa uh, mulligans there's there's a whole bunch of them that are you know kind of coming along will they all survive from a business model standpoint that's hard to say that has to do with a lot of other factors besides just that but Overall, the facilities are getting better. The technology is getting better. And there's a demand. People are realizing, hey, I want to keep golf in my life in the off season, be it casual play, uh, league play, uh, working with a coach, uh, supervised practice, practice on their own. Yep. And as a result of it, um, you know, it's a whole new world compared to the 1990s when we're talking about, you know, having 10 nets and, and a putting green and yeah. that that was the extent of the experience exactly um okay well on that note um yeah. you know let's just want to mention uh we're going to try to have andy uh, mcwilliams on from golf sim gurus sponsor yep. this segment but also uh is uh, opening a facility in kempville um mm -hmm. called uh, celtic golf center uh website launched this week soft launched the website celticgolfcenter.com uh, yours truly built said site um, or is in the process of building 
the entire site right now. There's a small version of it up there, but uh, they're getting set to open that at the end of this month. And we'd love to have Andy come on because I, I yeah. think that when it comes to simulators, mm-hmm. uh, he's probably the perfect person to talk not only about his own, but about right. a lot of the stuff that he has done and can do yeah. um, for businesses and individuals uh, mm-hmm. in their own homes uh, to have them have a setup. Uh, whether it's this yep. winter or at this point, you're probably not going to get one <laughs> this winter. But who knows? You never know. Maybe you right. will. Um, but we got to take a break again. It's a it's a deep show this week. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we want to talk product watch. We're going to talk about shoes specifically. Uh, and then we're going to shut this baby down for another week. So uh, stay with us. We're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. At Ping, we're an engineering company. Success is measured in the lab and on your scorecard. We focus on results, your results. In the G425 Max driver, that means more time in the fairway, less time in the rough. It means longer drives, shorter approach shots, and fewer putts. The new G425 drivers taking MOI to the max. Get fit today. Visit ca.ping.com to learn more about G425. And uh, back again, we are on the Flagstick Podcast, and we're going to jump right into our final segment of uh, of this episode, Product Watch. Or Product Watch, which is brought to you as it is every week uh, by Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Elevate your game at Greensmere. Choose between two great golf courses to 18-hole championship golf courses. Distinctively different, definitely challenging. Visit greensmere.com for more information or to book a tea time. Um, all right, Scott, product watch. Now, we promised that this product watch, which was mm-hmm. about shoes, tied in well with the whole off-season, late-season sort of uh, discussion. Sure. So yep. explain why these shoes <laughs> tie in. I know why, but explain to our viewers, our listeners, our audience, why these shoes are yeah. so specific to this time of year. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, questions all the time from people that are looking for golf shoes that are maybe not for play during the midsummer. You know, not when those hot, sunny days, dry days. They're looking for something they can wear in the spring and for the fall that's going to keep them warm, waterproof. Uh, you know, what the, what's, what's the deal? What shoes can I wear? Well, the only problem is if you deal with a standard type golf shoe, you know, it only comes up to your ankle. <laughs> right so it doesn't matter what you do you're getting you wet know, you're gonna get wet it's gonna i mean the shoe can be totally waterproof but if water is coming in around your ankles it's pretty hard to prevent that yeah, and just you know, by, and and aside from drilling holes in the bottom of a rubber boot right exactly which has been done before and people have tried that but you know what um there's been an evolution in the last bunch of years that you know of more mid boot or high top golf shoes that are designed purposely for kind of that spring fall cooler temperature uh weather some of the first ones were clunky like they were not great so like they they literally like you said they're pretty much like rubber boots with spikes on them um really good for crappy crappy weather but not very comfortable not very practical not very fashionable now that's changed. And one of the models that I was doing some testing with recently uh, was the Adidas Golf STS2G mid boot, uh, which is uh, basically a a, um, kind of a mid high uh, ankle uh, golf shoe uh, that has all the characteristics of some of the products, their code chaos products from Adidas, as far as from a comfort level, still look stylish, but are super warm, 
definitely waterproof and, and definitely don't have that issue uh, as far as water getting kind of around your ankles. Because in general, because of the height of these boots, they're underneath your pants. So your pants help protect them. There is some separation and things there. But uh, this is part of the Rain Ready uh, product line for Adidas. And I don't know if you've had a chance to look at them much or anything, mm -hmm. but yeah. uh, again, super, super stylish, uh, cool aspects of them. You know, there's some good traction on the sole, four spikes on the sole, um, but they also have bounce material, which is an Adidas material, which helps out from a comfort level. That's basically in the midsole and it provides energy back to your foot. So in walking, these are super comfy right out of the box, uh, which is not always the case for a lot of shoes these, day, uh, these days. They're probably a little bit better than their previous Climate Chill product. And I said this to a couple of their team from Adidas, their Climate Chill product that they had before was really good, but they seemed to be very tight and they didn't have a lot of room. These are a little bit wider in the four foot um, if you have a thicker sock on they're probably a little bit better that way the other cool features are uh, part of the boot is made out of recycled material as well which is part of adidas's big initiative yeah. as far as the environment um, so these mid-cut golf shoes kind of help out with that so um, you know kind of a neat shoe if someone's looking at it um, pricing wise you know they're still reasonable Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not like you're uh, you're going to say, oh, well, I'm only going to use the shoe, you know, maybe for three weeks in the spring and a few weeks in the fall. But there's something that maybe you invest in and you have it for these times of years uh, and that you can wear it and you can have it over a number of years. You know, they're backed by a waterproof warranty. Um, but again, they look fairly stylish. Dark colors, obviously, you're not going to yeah. make this thing in white for sure. No, that um, wouldn't be very good. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a, a really cool shoe. Again, I've tested out in downpours, uh, muddy conditions, uh, fake rain, tested out in fake rain. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> what to do when you don't get rain and you're at a product uh, release yeah. and uh, and they're trying to, trying to show uh, wet weather. Yeah, exactly. You create so, the wet weather. Yeah, so uh, stamp of approval for these ones, uh, the ST or S2G mid-boot uh, from Adidas Golf and uh, something to have a look at there. Again, there's other products out there as well from other companies, um, but this is just a particular one, just done some recent testing on and certainly can say they're, uh, they're worthwhile for our product watch. Well done, Adidas. Well done, Adidas. I'm sure it's up on, it will be, if not already, up on flagstick.com. Um, soon. Can, soon, soon soon can't get everything up right away and then we try there's only so much you can do well scotty mac that does uh bring us to the end of yet another outstanding podcast lots of good discussion uh this this week on this episode yeah. about uh, off-season golf in particular yeah, more to uh, more to come on that topic yeah i mean i think it's going to be kind of the the uh uh, you know, an ongoing subject for, you know, the majority of the off season, because there's lots mm -hmm. of different ways that we can tackle this topic. And there'll be yeah. some other things that'll come up uh, over the course of the off season as well. Uh, rest assured, there will be no shortage mm -hmm. of content on this podcast 100%. this winter. I guarantee it. Uh, but with that, we're going to shut it down for another week. And uh, uh, just before we do, make sure that... Um, well, it's great content that we're putting out there on a regular basis. Uh, if you want to know when new stuff is like the latest stuff is posted, uh, go over to flagstick.com, sign up for the flag for flagstick digest. Flagstick yeah. digest, uh, comes out three times a week. And in each issue of flagstick digest, it's very simple. Three little stories, three little excerpts 
uh, of current topics that happen to be on flagstick.com because it's generated by the most recent things that we post. So whatever the most th three most recent things that we post, that's what you're going to get in that edition, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays throughout the off-season. Um, great content. And uh, you'll get it sent right to your inbox, and you just click on it, go read the whole story at flagstick.com. If you don't okay. want to, just go to flagstick.com. But we do encourage you to sign up for the newsletter. Um, want to thank all of our sponsors once again, Metcalf Golf Club, Golf Sim Gurus, Greensmere Golf and Country Club, Kevin Heem Golf School. Uh, our presenting sponsor, once again, this week, Ping Golf Canada. If you're looking to improve your game, then you need to check out the entire family of G425 uh, drivers, fairway woods, hybrids, and irons at ca.ping.com. Uh, keep watching. Keep listening to the, uh, to the podcast. Be sure to follow us across all the social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We encourage that. We want you to do that. Lots of stuff is going to be posted there over the offseason that is not going to be on this podcast. So right. you might want to make yeah. sure you subscribe. Like us. Click the notification bell to make sure you're aware of when a new episode is released or anything new is released. And get over to flagstick.com. As always, check out more amazing golf tent that we post there delivered every single day. Uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning into this podcast. I am Jeff Potter. I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick.